you're the guy who was saying that the chats are really good, right? The chats, the band, the chats, the yeah. Australian band. Oh, love the so chats. Good. They're awesome. I yeah. love, I okay. love the chats. So like my sister-in-law was bullying me that we should go to Coachella. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm against music festivals in general. And I can guarantee you there's no one that I want to go see there. And then like rightfully it was pointed out that like pop is playing and Carly Rae Jepsen. And it's like, I'm still not traveling to California to see two Canadian bands play. Yeah. Fair. And then we're just going through it. And like, she was pointing out all the stuff that like she's never heard of, which was like mannequin pussy. And I'm like, okay, I've heard Good of band. them. And I know yeah. one never song of theirs at the chats. And I was like, Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. The chats rock. Uh, Smoko, one of the great working Smoko class of anthems yeah. of all time. Also, yeah. um, do you guys know, do you guys remember that video of the um, the guy who's like exiting the Chinese restaurant and he's like being taken by these cops and he's like, this is democracy manifest. Do you remember that video? It was no. like a huge like E-bombs world uh, viral video. Fuck. I cannot do <laughs> E-bombs I cannot do this justice right now. But anyways, it was like this huge uh, viral video back like in the early days of the Internet where uh, this guy just like flipped out in the most insane way, being like dragged out of a Chinese restaurant by the cops in like Perth or something. And uh, anyways, the chats found him. Nobody like even knew who he was, but the chats like found him and put him in their music video like 20 years later. Um, which is dope. I wish I could explain the video better, but if you know what I'm talking about, then you know. All right, Elliot, folks. I'm eating your. Oh, sorry. Fuck off. <laughs> okay, well, there's our cold open. <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm drinking. I'm drinking the wine that Elliot got me for the for the welcoming. Oh yeah, cool. It's very nice with cheese. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh fuck. Speed, agility, power. I'm a big fan of these things. All of the performance I demand for myself on the ice is here. Handles all of my needs in dynamic fashion. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of Roxy Fever. I'm your host, Jax McDonald, with me as usual. Hey, guys, I'm your friend. God, fucking damn it. I swear to God, <laughs> if, you eating do eating, if you do eating ASMR through this entire episode, I am going to hop on a ferry and murder you. I don't, I don't have that much cheese in front of me. I will me. walk the 150 meters it is to your place and get mad at you in person. <laughs> Elliot literally walked past my house holding a bunch of barbecue the other day. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> It's really nice living in a community. I wish I, I wish I had gotten two pounds of barbecue that day so I could have like offered you a slice. <laughs> I actually went to uh, Hong Kong barbecue. Oh, HK Barbecue Master in Richmond the other day. Um, yeah. I know that's much farther than than the place you went to. Um, uh, but yeah, I was I was driving to the ferry and so I needed to make a stop. How are you guys doing this week? Tired watching Mad Men. Oh, I never finished Mad Men. It was a good show, though. Mad Men's great when it's like 1 a.m. Nobody's on Twitter. 
nothing else is going on and you just like your brain is slow enough that you can because it's a slow show it's a very quiet it show. is a very slow show it's i really like stimulated. the first half of it yeah word don't, don't spoil they... anything i'm in season two i don't, don't they do enough to spoil it <laughs> uh doesn't it have like an Armin Tamzarian yes storyline eventually yeah, like yeah. hilariously so that, that like literally it, it is the Armin Tamzarian plotline yeah I've made I was the reading Tamzarian joke like three times this week just in various contexts too nice uh, I was reading about that episode today when I was supposed to be working um, and uh, it's because somebody on Twitter asked the the whole like they were like most people agree that the Simpsons has been bad for a really long time but mm-hmm. when should it have ended? Right? Yeah. That was like the question. And I was like, well, it should have ended before that episode. That's what everybody the, says. Yeah. Cause like that's the kind of the first like bad episode. Um, like there's really one, bad. There's episode. one where there's like they, they try to retroactively be like, oh, The Simpsons experienced the 90s episode. Do you remember that one? Yeah. They go, yeah. They go through like they totally fuck up the timeline. Homer's and, in like, a grunge band. Homer's yeah, in a yeah, grunge yeah. fan. That yeah. one made me really mad. Yeah. I'm, I've, like, we're I've watching, time we were watching through the care. Simpsons, and it's like, wow, it is noticeable when it falls off. Like that episode is so far later than when it started to get bad, though. I like I, I oh, think yeah, we have not gotten there. Yet. Decline. I feel like it was a slow decline after the Tamzarian thing. Sure. But also, I feel like I don't have all the episodes in my head around that, but I'm sure there's a lot of great ones after that one. Well, I looked at like the yeah. first signal of like, yeah, uh, that's yes. jumping the shark. That's why it's probably. bad. Yeah. I, I I looked it up and like I'm sure there's good episodes after that. But if you go with like that as the as the line that like should have never been crossed or whatever, you don't I think lose much. The last episode should have been Homer's enemy with Frank Grimes. Yeah. Yes. That's way too early. No, man. That's it's way... it's. It's There's like so much uh, gold after that. you okay, but it's the like the, is the episode after Armageddon is like Lisa Sachs, which is good. Yeah, that's true. But like Homer's that's Enemy so is like early. the third to last episode of season eight. And the principal oh. and the popper is like the second episode of season nine. Oh, and yeah. like, I know that there's good stuff after that, there's but so like much good stuff. After I that. think that would have been like the perfect note to go out on. Like for me, it just got bad once every every week had to have a celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. Therefore, it got bad on the Michael Jackson episode. You know what episode was actually pretty funny? But every episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, that uh, that like like it got a lot of press and as a result, like didn't really live up to the hype. But when you watch it again now, it's pretty funny is the one where uh, either Patty or Selma, I can't remember, turns out to be gay. Um, that episode has a lot of episodes, dude has a lot of uh no like but the one where she like comes out right right yeah 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 like like the the and it was like a big there was a big like media tour where they teased it and everyone was like who's it gonna be and everyone was everyone thought it would be like uh not seymour skinner uh smithers Smithers, yeah yeah but it's like it's not gonna be smithers because that's too obvious i thought you meant who is it gonna be as in was it patty or was it selma (laughs) No, because one of them like dates like a million guys. But anyways, uh, it has one of my favorite sight gags ever on the show, which is like the economy crashes in Springfield and like uh, it turns into a ghost town. And then it just like the camera just pans across a, a movie theater that's like abandoned and it just says coming soon. Nothing. 
Um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good one. Uh, but yeah, Homer's enemy. That's my answer to that question. The, Anyways, uh, the Homer me- making friends with the two gay guys one is, or no, the one gay guy one is holds up surprisingly. Well. Was, is that, that Homer's phobia? Yeah, Homer's phobia. So, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, good a good one episode. too. Yeah. Okay, what's weird for me is that I was reminded recently that Futurama and Family Guy have been going on this whole time. Like yeah, I knew I knew Family well, Guy. No. Like, that was a good guess, but like Futurama hasn't it been continuing this whole time? No, no. It ended in like 2013. They just restarted it now. Oh, they just restarted. Okay, it. like yeah. they just announced that it's coming back. The other thing is co- uh, the other thing that exists is Disenchantment, which is like fantasyorama. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that's not very good. I can't tell. Yeah, fair enough. Anyways, this is it way like, too much I, time off the yeah, top. This is completely not. not. We actually have hockey things yeah, to talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. As is tradition, uh, you know, we weren't going to record an episode until the Canucks lost. I was pretty sure New Jersey Devils, when I saw that on the schedule, I was like, okay, we can record after that one because they're definitely going to lose. But against all odds... The Canucks finally pull off a win against the New Jersey Devils. Um, I just food in my mouth, so I'll, I'll just start talking. But the New Jersey Devils are what the Canucks should have been in a lot of the betting years, where they have a lot of fun, exciting prospects coming up and up and up. But their goaltending is dog shit, so, yeah. which makes sure that they can still get picks, yeah. uh, high picks. Yeah. That is the Canucks' biggest mistake in the last 10 years. They, they kept getting good goalies. If we had Nico Dawes level goaltending this whole time we'd have matthews we'd have david <laughs> we'd have uh, just pick them we, we'd have them i uh, while also having the other good players too i except for I, Demko. at the same time though like new jersey's also gone like big game hunting uh, a couple of times like ill-advisedly like with pk suban and i mean dougie hamilton's a weird one because it's like I totally understand just being like, okay, we have the opportunity to sign Dougie Hamilton, so we're going to take it. But it's also like... Yeah, New Jersey's got museums. What does New uh, Jersey need? Yeah. Um, what does New Jersey need Dougie Hamilton for right now? I don't know. Um, I feel like they, I don't know, they could be ready to take the next step like as soon as next year if they get some goaltending. But um, this is going to be our last episode before the trade deadline. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but our first order of business is to finally uh, answer all of our voicemails that we've been meaning to answer for like at least a month. Um, well, you'll hear if you hear this, that means some of them are good. If they're not good, we're not going to put them up. Hey, Roxy Fever, what's up? It's your boy Jim calling in from. Uh... Ooh, five clicks north of beautiful Williams Lake, British Columbia. First time, long time. Obviously, the bombshell just dropped. Had to pull over to read some fucking tweets. And uh, looks like we uh, hired the man who answers the question, what if the Mike Gillis Canucks were a tomato? And obviously, Boudreaux, somebody we know can get uh, you know the most out of high-end offensive talent. You know, it might break out of a C-minus range with that will Penalty kill there, and I'm sure we're relieved we'll have a watchable on ice product for once. But at the same time, to me, this is kind of like, you know, the nightmare scenario where Frankie claps his hands and stays happy, and the team gets a little bit better, but still can't go deep in the playoffs, and we just are trapped in this forever hell. But hey, you know, wanted to hear your thoughts. Maybe you're slightly more optimistic. 
Hey, just just saw Drager say that uh, more changes might be coming. But Drager's been fucking useless since the Leafs fired his brother-in-law. <laughs> anyway, I'll take my answer off air. Uh, thanks. Love the show. Talk to you later. Well, this is uh, <laughs> revealing how old these fucking voicemails are. But uh, Jim, uh, you pretty uh, much nailed it. Um, that's uh, that's pretty much where the Canucks are at. Obviously, this was this sounds like it was before they hired. Uh, they made the string of seemingly good front office hires. But uh, I mean, I don't know. People are saying they're enjoying this run. Uh, people are saying it's good. Obviously, I'm not enjoying it. Uh, I never enjoy anything. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I do kind of think like as much as Boudreaux is an amazing coach, the nightmare, quote unquote, scenario of like they just they get just better enough to not do anything. Seems like it's coming to fruition right now. Uh, oh, which I know is a pretty absolutely like absolutely what's going to happen. It's a pretty fucking wet blanket take when they've rattled off what like nine of eleven. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's not looking good for the draftists and the rebuildists of uh, Canucks Nation. Yeah, my, my thing my thing is that I I think in the short term, I'm not going to be so happy. I think they're going to make some decisions that I don't like and not make some decisions that I don't like as well uh, in the short term. But whenever whenever I've heard a rumor or whenever I've heard uh, seen a decision get made, I don't worry in the long term as much. I don't think that, oh, we're going to be stuck with this bullshit for five years, etc. cetera, uh, because I think there is a completely, almost completely different philosophy here. So in terms of whether we have squandered Patterson, Hughes, Horvat's uh, window of uh, winning a cup uh, or just squander their primes, I think we probably well, already I have, have. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, with, that, with, that Horvat, with Horvat, that, we yeah, already exactly. have. Like, yeah, we, like we have already with Horvat. Yeah. There's it, it depends on how long Pedersen and Hughes can be can be amazing talents. Yeah. Uh that window how long that window is. But I I I think now I'm thinking beyond that, and I have some faith, or at the very least, I don't have an assumption of doom. Sure. And that is that is a very low bar that I'm very happy uh that we're at now. Yeah, uh, we, I like, I think the, we I like the idea that we don't, or that we don't switch have faith as we don't have the assumption of doom. Because, yeah, <laughs> I know they're gonna get blinded by, or rather, I'm reasonably confident they're gonna get blinded by their recent success. Mm -hmm. But hey, you know what? I'm no longer going to assume doom. So maybe they'll get a little bit blinded. They'll do something a little bit silly, like you know, keep Tyler Mott instead of flipping him for a seventh round pick. That would make me mm -hmm. so mad. They could get like a second for him, man. Well, they I could. Yeah. I know they could, but um, my, the point being, yeah, I'm even if they mess this up, hey, there's at least a competent front office that might be able to do two things at once. Yeah, yeah, and and that they'll learn from any mistakes they have. That if they make a mistake tomorrow or by March 21st, uh, the trade deadline, I know, or at least I don't assume that they're going to just keep continuing and continuing and continuing to sign. Derek Dorsett and Spiza deals after one after another for no, double for down on Spiza years. by trading for good Branson. No, instead yeah. of yeah. instead of like trading, instead of signing uh, bad players to like bad mid range deals in the like four to six million dollar range, they're going to sign their own good players to boat anchors. Um, but we oh, can talk yeah. about that a little bit later. Um, yeah, because I'm curious. And like, about what... lowering the bar as well, uh, because I think there's 
a lot to be said about that. But anyways, continue. Beyond, and so. I'm, I'm just curious for all of N and, and everybody else coming in, uh, the winning streak starts. We're above 500. We're ahead of Vegas. We're right outside of playoff spot. Um, I don't think we are ahead of Vegas yet, but we're like a point percentage. We are. I, yes. I realize, okay. but, yeah. uh, okay. but yeah. by a hair. And I will note that we are the, yeah, a couple of the teams, I think the stars and I think the Oilers uh, might be wrong, but there are a couple of teams ahead of us that have two or three games in hand. Um, I think a lot of this might come down to the three game stretch where we play the, the golden Knights. Uh, which is a result of uh, COVID scheduling stuff, but that probably will be a play in series in and of itself. Yeah. Um, if both teams are kind of at the similar trajectory or if it, if we continue in Vegas lose uh, plays average. Um, anyways, I'm just wondering like if I'm that team going in, I feel like maybe we have found money and the pressure to the pressure to rebuild is just not there. And I, I kind of don't blame them uh, well, given the how, thing. how great like, everything is. And you, and you have JT Miller who is, who has more points than Ovechkin right now. Yeah. If, I mean, if you told, gonna, if you yeah, told somebody that months ago, we're going to talk about JT Miller soon. I don't um, want to hear your opinion on the guy. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I just, I do. I just want to say the thing that gets like left out in all of this, whenever people come at me for my takes on this is that I misheard the trade the first time and thought they had acquired disgraced comedian TJ Miller. And I think we can all agree that that would have been a mistake. So leave me alone. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyways, I don't want to, uh, we, we got lots more voicemails. What, so when, one last uh, thing, one last thing on the last voicemail I have to say, where would you guess that that man, Mr. Jim grew up given his accent? Oh, that's a great question. And this is no offense Possible to Jim. Lodge. Possum Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Jackson, can 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 you get a guess? Oh God. Um that that to me kind of sounds like sort of a classic hoser accent. So I would maybe say reminds me a little bit of like B.A. Johnson speaking voice. So maybe like Hamilton, Ontario. Right. Did I get it? No. Oh, okay. He, he you made up, it sound like he, you made it no, sound like no, 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 no. I just uh, okay. just being like right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. He's from fucking Hastings Sunrise. Oh, well, yeah. That that yeah. is a bank. I I I met up with him in person. Uh, phenomenal time hanging out, and it's uh, it's just very funny how like moving to a different part of the province can really like you can change your accent. It's yeah. uh, yeah. fantastic. Uh, All right. Love, love you, Jim. Voicemail number two. Hey guys, first time, long time. Anyway, I just wanted to say that uh, the Canucks are for sure going to hire John Chaka on January 1st, as soon as he's legally allowed to be uh, in the NHL again. How old is uh, this? Because he's the perfect kind of slippery, greasy con man that Aquilini would hire. But the upside is point. we could have a team of players with perfect skull shapes. As long <laughs> as he can avoid having the NHL take away all his draft picks. Anyways, uh, Bruce Boudreaux is funny as fuck. This is fine. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> well, you were uh, wrong as hell. This was when we were living in the, the dark timeline. When uh, I, when did we get, even get this? Uh, like just... Uh, just after Boudreaux? Just after Boudreaux, yeah. All of, all, some Must of these are yeah. from like December, um, which is hilarious. Uh, but 
Yeah, I remember that talking point going around, and Chaka will never work in the NHL again. His uh, He is maybe the most – his name in hockey circles is even more toxic than Mike Gillis because Mike Gillis was at least good. His team at least won something. Arizona is just like Australia for hockey players, like just a fucking place where they send all the, um, you know – criminals and uh people who can't uh function in regular society so uh yeah i think as long as there's an impressionable billionaire impressionable billionaire running a team i think there's a chance I mean, um maybe i do i, I mean obviously batman can get in the way i don't see it happening i would almost say that much. i also i have no i no idea of any of the lore about chica you guys explain it to me every time and i forget every time I think there's a much better chance his sister uh, gets hired as the first ever female GM. Yeah, and and I think John would probably have influence on that. Of course. So, All right. Let's do another one here. Informally, I do think he could get hired. Christian Earhart played 159 games for the Canucks and scored 94 points. That is absolutely insane. Agreed. That that is true. That's right. That's That's right. Very quick. uh, uh, Yeah, I want more of those. I love. I love that. That's good. Uh, But you know what? I mean, yeah, Christian Erhoff, offensively, probably the best. uh, Probably the best Canucks defenseman of all time. Um, I think best Canucks defenseman acquisition of all time. That wasn't a draft pick. Yeah, that might be true. I think but, if, if we like, if like, like his competition is what Jovanovski and Oland, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Wait, wait, well, wait. Oland was no, Oland, no, was Oland drafted. we drafted. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Jovanovski versus Erhoff. Yeah, probably his whole career is better. Why are you looking up Quinn Hughes right now, Jackson? I was gonna say because you want to hear something even more insane. What? As insane as that is, Quinn Hughes has played 186 games for the Canucks and has scored 146 points. That is that is insane. That is that is. I feel like we in just, the conversation of a point per game is nuts. I feel like we just forget how good Quinn Hughes is. Honestly, like it, it just nobody. He had a bad season last year, by which I mean he had not as good of a season as his, his rookie year, and this season he's been on fire, and like no one even talks about it. I think the only yeah, reason for that five goals and forty four points, like assists, <laughs> like. Yeah. Sure, yeah. If he scored more goals, it'd be different. But also, I think it's because we... Those are uh, some Henrik Sedin numbers. Because two people they exist. absolutely are. Yeah, they are. Two people exist in the world, and that's the cause of this. Uh, one is his brother, and one is Kale McCarr. The constant yeah. comparisons to Kale McCarr, I think, uh, make yeah, that didn't age stock... Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, the thing I've been thinking about whenever I see the Kale McCarr comparison these days, though, is what team... Are, are these two true. guys playing for? That's true. If Quinn Hughes yeah, what happens Colorado, if Kalmakar has to play with the Canucks? Yeah. What What happens if Quinn Hughes had other defensive partners? Yeah, there's some truth to that, but Kale. I, I think Quinn was, like, would have a lot more goals. Kale McCarr's yeah. goal scoring ability is just next level, though. Having true. said that, he though, is better than that. The yeah. take of Quinn Hughes was better than Kale McCarr in their rookie year and should have won at the, the time. The yeah, reasonable. Yeah, reasonable yeah. at the time has not like aged well, but I mean, uh, Artemi Panarin won the, uh, I mean, not that Artemi Panarin's not good, but he won rookie of the year over Connor McDavid. So, um, 
you know. he was also 30 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was old as shit. I forgot about that. That's excellent bar trivia. Uh, okay, uh, we got two more here. Uh, hopefully, they aren't just repeats of other ones. Patrick White and Daniel Rahimi for 28 goals in two seasons. Absolutely insane. <laughs> what a trade. <laughs> Okay, message to all. Technically, the same voicemail, <laughs> but it's kind of the same voicemail. Message that to all, great. all, all listeners. You do if you are ever nervous about calling in. You do not have to tell us who you are. You do not have to tell us where you're coming from. Like you I don't totally even have to ask it. a question. You don't you have to ask questions. Just, just give this a take. This helps. This is great. I I I mean the people don't talk because I saw K Mad who. Does not go by KMAD on Twitter, but I know him as KMAD from doesn't he from Reddit? No, he goes. He's at right. Oh, it's Survivor. in his right. It's in his bio that he yeah, says yeah. also um, on KMAD. Uh, he he always does these like polls, right? Of right. Yeah. Uh, of like all all kinds of different stuff, and like honestly, I think Airhoff for Daniel Rahimi and Patrick White is actually the best trade in Canucks history. Because like after after Nasland after Nasland no no because you know because Alex Stoyanov played in the NHL <laughs> Daniel Rahimi and Patrick White zero NHL games played zero <sighs> not right, even what do, you, what do you think Elliot not even prospects like they were nothing and and and, and uh, Mike Gillis got San Jose to just give Airhoff away. For nothing. Hey, everybody. Producer J-Mo here with a quick fact check because uh, I know the guys are not going to address this. But uh, there was a compensatory pick involved in that deal in that uh, when the Sharks chose not to sign Patrick White, who was a first-round pick playing in the NCAA who uh, was not signed by their team, ultimately uh, there is a system or there was a system in place at the time. I don't know if it still exists where if your player just chose not to uh, stay with you, if they just left, like, for example, when the Canucks traded R.J. Umberger's rights to, I believe, the New York Rangers for Martin Ruschinski at the deadline in 2003, possibly? Uh, four? Uh, four, I think. Anyways, regardless, uh, that is really, you're trading you're a player there, but what you're really trading is the second-round pick involved uh, in not signing them. Uh, essentially. So uh, the Sharks did get a second round pick. It was the 55th overall selection in the 2012 NHL entry draft. Uh, out of the London Knights of the OHL, they took a centerman by the name of Chris Tierney, who to date has played 543 NHL games. In fact, was a part of the trade that brought Eric Carlson to the Sharks uh, and sent him to Ottawa, going the other way, of course, with a number of other players. So uh, I would say as part of the Eric Carlson trade tree, the Sharks uh, feel like they probably did all right in the end by dealing Airhoff the way they did at the time. Anyway, bye! They might as well have traded but I don't think I can agree. I mean... The upside announcement was too was too much higher. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Yeah, but because it, but like, they should be talking about that to his logical conclusion, like trading a guy who that makes like Marcus Granlund for Hunter Shankarik almost as good. Yeah, okay, I see what you mean. <laughs> I mean, that trade was one of the highlights of the Jim Benning regime. So it probably you know. was his best trade. I think objectively, 
like, yeah, like if you consider things like direction and uh, assets in, assets out, etc. Um, that was one of the few the ones where Benning Bros, quote unquote, trademark registered corporation um, could point to as like, look, he's smart. He's not completely. He's not. He has a batting average. It's not completely zero. It's yeah. a batting average. It's a batting average. <laughs> it is. Di- it is different from if he had never stepped up to the plate at all. Um, okay, this is our last one here. Let's let's see what they got for us. What up, boys? Uh, been catching up on some old episodes on this uh, this Christmas break here, and holy shit! I gotta say, I'm not a fan of the Tucker Pullman hate. Uh, seems a little excessive. I mean, you guys are basically comparing Tucker Pullman to like a pylon and that's ridiculous because a pylon would never fall for a head fake. <laughs> All right. Good one. That's right. Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> Tucker, Tucker Pullman is hurt right now, but I uh, haven't heard his name in a bit. That is a real, uh, that is like uh, cutting a huge fart, like right before you leave the room. Um, that is very similar to like the Koskinen thing in Edmonton. Although is Koskinen. What happened there? Is he still bad? I, I, I don't really pay attention to the Oilers. I think he's still bad. Uh, Shirelli signed Koskinen to an extension and then was fired the next day. Yeah. Oh man. And obviously like, it's not the same with Jim betting, but like that Tucker Pullman deal is so bad. Um, it is amazingly bad. Just for, I, like, why would you bother doing that? Okay, so this actually this actually transitions nicely into some trade deadline talk because um, one thing that was uh, kind of being batted around Twitter like maybe about a week ago, I don't know if it's still really out there, is uh, talks between Pittsburgh and uh, Vancouver on Besser and John Marino being a potential return or peace. Um, I think that's been, I think those rumors have kind of been quelled now because like Pittsburgh has no defenders, um, particularly no right-hand defenders, much like the Canucks. Um, But I remember uh, Thomas Drantz, when that was happening, tweeted out like, oh, uh, for Canucks fans who are interested in what uh, John Marino, he's like uh, a really good Tucker Pullman. And I remember everybody was just like, oh, great, good. That is exactly what I want to get in return for for Brock Besser is Tucker Pullman, but not so bad that he makes me want to scratch my eyes out. So an actual pylon. Yeah. Um, where do we want to start with? I mean, the problem with uh, doing pre-trade deadline content is that, like, it's always out of date, like, the fucking minute you put it up like i was saying before uh before we recorded i was predicting a quiet deadline because the number two player on tsn's trade bait list was ben sherratt but he has since been traded uh literally like, 10 minutes at, before you said that like as i said it practically to uh the florida and panthers i think the seal is broken now like yeah. uh, florida and montreal went to the bathroom and now everybody's going to be peeing 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, okay. Like I'm looking at Friedman's uh, Twitter yeah. uh, right now, 7.45 PM on the 16th. Pi Smilinich. Okay. That's no, that's part of the trot trade, but uh, Cal Yarncroc to Calgary from Florida. There, wait, wait uh, there's a three. Holy shit. There's a three-way trade. No. Yeah. That must've been Seattle. It must've been. Oh, in that oh as well. Seattle just must've yeah. owned Florida's second pick. Yeah. It's Yarncroc to Calgary for a second, which ah, is Florida's. Okay. Third in 2023, seventh, Seattle retains 50%. Uh, my buddy Dustin, a uh, friend of the show, he he was trying to text me and I wasn't picking up. And so he just texted me, we got Drew. He's a Calgary fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just to just to get me to pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like literally certain. I woke up thinking that Calgary got Drew already. I actually wonder a little bit if Claude Giroux... Uh, is part of the reason why the Canucks, I mean, it looks like, I don't even know how serious the, the Miller trade rumors ever were, but I do wonder a little bit if Giroux is part of the reason why they couldn't get value. Um, right. Because they're like, waiting? huh? Well, do you think they're waiting for Giroux to get? Well, like, maybe, but also just Drew? like, he's another guy that like, he doesn't score quite as much, but He's way more, way bigger, like name recognition and he's a rental. And if you get uh, Philly to retain 50%, which I think they probably will, uh, he's cheaper than Miller. So well, also just, yeah, he's going to be in a different team. That yeah. Um, be completely different. You're not playing on one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Like I, 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 I guess now is a good time to ask you Vias, uh, to uh, make your case for Claude Giroux, Vancouver Canuck, as uh, that wasn't been... me tweeting that. That was me tweeting. Oh, that, that was Elliot. you, Elliot. Oh, yeah. Shit. Because first okay. of all, he's better than Crosby, right. as we found out in 2012. That's right. The best player in the world. Yeah. Um, hope you're looking in the rearview mirror, uh, Penguins, because I don't think that's the right tweet. Um, Is that the debate at the time? No, it was. No, it was it, like some. Ins- it was just it was a the terrible coach. tweet from a Philly guy. I thought, or maybe, yeah, it was a media guy, maybe, who was yeah, like, was, uh, yeah, Claude Giroux is the best player in the world, like, move over to Sydney. We're, we're seeing Sidney Crosby hand off the torch to Claude Giroux. No, I mostly just think this would be really funny. Yeah, it would definitely be funny. Um, and it's like, okay, if you're going to have to, if you're going to, like, pick up a rental, please pick up the guy who is at least, you know, noted, uh, noted hero of the people, Claude Giroux. Um, yeah cop ass grabber um also you can finally uh correct the mistake of not letting the potato draft for you in 2006 right uh, because the potato would have picked claude Giroux, and instead we picked michael grabner who is a pretty good player who had a pretty good career but uh was we lost him on waivers i think <laughs> So yeah, I thought we tried to trade for like RJ Umberger or something. Oh no, because RJ Umberger was a Canucks draft pick, infamously. Uh, oh, okay. No, I feel like they lost him on waivers. We lost him in an offer sheet, didn't we, Umberger? Umberger, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. or or he might have done the the four years in the NCAA thing and just become a free agent. I actually think that might have been what happened. There was a lot of hate for him. I the important thing is that for a while, he was the only guy I knew of who played for Columbus. Yep, same. 
I cannot believe I'm doing a second cut-in about R.J. Umberger in one episode, but uh, he was a victim of the uh, stubborn ego of Brian Burke, who uh, went to war with his own first-round pick from the 2001 NHL entry draft uh, over a matter of $100,000. Burke tried to lowball his own first-round pick, uh, despite the fact that what you pay guys uh, that you draft in the first round, or at least at that time, was pretty much set in stone by the position that you drafted them in. Uh, like, for example, when they tried to sign Ryan Kessler, who they drafted two years later, out of the exact same college program as R.J. Umberger, they just gave... Kessler everything he wanted because that's how you negotiate with your own first round picks when you're not uh, an insane, uh, stubborn, crazy Irishman willing to tank relationships in the press in a public manner. Uh, as for Michael Grabner, yes, he was uh, traded, in fact, to the Florida Panthers in the Keith Ballard deal. They wound up placing him on waivers coming out of that training camp, however, where he was claimed by the New York Islanders. Uh, oh. All right. Well, yeah. I guess... Uh... I guess we should talk a little bit about the the sort of players that are on the radar for the Canucks to move. I do think it would be funny if they buy. Uh, that would be hilarious. And I wouldn't totally count it out. Uh, although, from my understanding, from talking to people who are better connected than me, Jim Rutherford in particular and others in the Canucks front office, like, Believe it or not, like, don't really buy this run as much as maybe we might be trained to think they do. And um, I will right. say... If they're going to buy, they're going to buy, like, super marginally. Or if yeah. they're going to sell, they're going to do... Yeah, like, if I was a betting man, I would say that's probably what's going to happen. We're going to see a pick either way. I asked this in a chat, but do you think that they're saving for the draft? <clears throat> not as in they're saving for picks, but they're they're waiting to make their moves at the draft. I could see that for sure. Um, I think, you know, on, in the case of Miller, who's the big one, I guess we might as well start with him. Like, I do think they're going to talk extension at least before they move him. And if you're JT Miller or JT Miller's agent, you want to sign this off season. You're not waiting to sign next mm -hmm. off season. Mm -hmm unless you're going to go to market um, because like what season do you have to put together next season to, in order to, to get, get a what better you get deal this year. Yeah, than exactly. you would get after this year? Yeah, exactly. But what leverage does he have? Oh, basically none, right? Leverage. No, it, I mean it, like he, his, his leverage is sign me now or like I'm going to go to market next season because like the, the only Chance oh, I, I mixed you, up his contract. My bad. The only chance you have at uh, at at getting JT Miller under a quote unquote hometown discount, which he will not sign, is that you can give him an extra year. Like I, okay, I don't think I, people. I, I'm just going to admit something. Yeah, yeah. Is this a contract year? No. Next no. year is his contract year. Oh, okay, that's what I that's what I mean then. Like, why? What leverage does he have to to not? Like if I'm the Canucks, why not? Why not wait till later? Because if because if another team, um, like, bas basically because like the advantage that uh, the Canucks have is that they can sign him for eight years versus seven, right? Like every other team can sign him for seven. Canucks can sign him for eight, I believe. If they um, 
if they talk. They signed him before the July first. Yeah, next. if oh, they okay. extend eight years, right? I see. So, yeah. I, did, so I didn't know about this uh, about that difference actually. So I mean, they could sign him like mid season next year still, mm-hmm. but like if they if they go if he goes all the way to free agency and signs with the Canucks, I believe he has to sign for seven years. I'm actually I, that actually might not be correct. I'm not 100 percent certain, but like, um, I still just if think he like, waits until after the first and yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the logic from, from the Canucks uh, point of view there is that let's say it's January 2023. He signs. It has to be seven years, and that means July. The, but yes. That means the money across. No, no. I'm I'm saying in the middle of next year. Oh, middle okay. of next year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Yeah. So the Canucks are thinking money across seven years versus money across eight years. You can spread it out more easily over eight. Right. Yeah. That's the logic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, what if his yeah. value is lower by then? Well, that's the that's the reason why like Miller's going to want to sign right now, and the Canucks might. Yeah, yeah not... that's I guess that's why I'm asking. Like, yeah, if I'm Alvin, I'm just like I'm not picking up that phone until January. And I mean, fair enough, but Miller's camp can just play hardball and be like, "You sign me now, or you don't sign." Yeah, and he and yeah. with the season that he's had, he can just do that. Like, I don't think people quite grasp mm-hmm. like uh, Mika Zibanejad just signed eight years at eight and a half. He's the same age as JT Miller. Um, obviously JT Miller is yeah. going to go to market a little later, but uh, Tomas Hurdle just signed yeah. for 8.1, eight years. Neither of these players have scored as much as JT Miller over the past three years. JT Miller's number is going to start with a nine at least. Like he has punched his ticket to getting like yeah. nine and a half a year for probably eight years, maybe seven. Um, so nervous, <laughs> and that is a fucking that is a boat anchor that they would regret like two years in. I, I would be pretty certain. Like yeah. the agent curves, no matter say, what, it's going to be a bad deal by the end of it. Yeah, like the agent yeah. curves say, like he might hold on until thirty four ish, but that's still like you're halfway through that deal, and you're paying a guy nine and a half. And I mean, the other thing too is like JT Miller's in this weird. <laughs> this weird spot where he's the worst point per game player player in the league over the last three seasons, but there's only 25 of them. You know what I mean? So like, like he's the most at a point per game player. Like he, no, like, I mean, or like so he's I, the worst underlying. Yeah. So I, I, I like went oh, back I and I crunched the numbers out of all oh, the guys okay. who have scored uh 25 or uh, who have scored, over the past three years since he joined the Canucks, out of all the guys who have scored as much as he has, basically, which is, and I included a couple of people who are slightly below, just all the point per game or more players, right? Jackson, you should write a daily eye piece called JT Miller is terrible. <laughs> and the sub the subtext is just like terrible for being point at his PPG. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure that would go over well. But that, but that does scare me if his underlying numbers are, aren't So, good. like, okay, out of... The, and once again, this is elite company. There's only 25 players who have been a point per game or above in the past um, uh, three seasons who have played like at least, uh, I believe it's 200 games, right? Um, right. And out of all of the out of all of those players, um, JT Miller basically has like he's like third highest out of all the players in percentage of points that come on the power play and third in percentage of points coming from secondary assists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So like this is the thing about JT Miller is like 
Um, we were having a conversation with David Quadrelli the other day where he was like, oh, uh, an industry contact told me Brock Besser is going to be a really expensive 28 to 32 goal scorer. Right. Okay. You know, who's going to be yeah. an even more expensive 28 to 32 goal scorer, JT Miller. Like, and the difference is like, he'll also pot like, you know, at least as many assists, if not more, but like he does tend to pick up a lot of like, you know, he passes out of the neutral zone to some guy who makes a really nice play uh, to a shooter who scores. Right. Let's also remember like Pearson's been very hot the last 10, 12 games as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like it's, it's not, they all count. And, and I don't, I don't want to say like, it's not like, uh, it's not like power play points and secondary assists don't count. It's just that they're generally like, they're easier to get, right? right. Secondary assists also track ice time better than they do necessarily score and talent. Yes. Yeah, I also got one. pretty scared by the power play, by a lot of the power play numbers lately. Um, I think it was when, when the little image came up in an intermission showing how much a proportion of Miller's points are coming from the power play. Yeah. And I, whenever I think about whenever a power play is being pumped up, like their stats are being pumped up, I just keep thinking back to 2011 yeah. and how, and, and w- what happened there where we had the best power play of like 20 years and that goes to shit in the playoffs. Yeah, and so totally. if you're like, you should be able to fire at all cylinders. You should be able to have a great power play, also great penalty, also great everything else, five on five. But if the best thing is your power play by a long shot, I don't have much confidence uh, because of the trauma that we experienced. Yeah. <laughs> also, know? like so, so when I, so when I think about the playoffs as well, um, I mean, I have kind of turned turned a little bit on the playoffs, sure. arguably because now I live within <laughs> busing distance of yeah. the arena. So now, yeah. give yeah. me some fucking hockey. Let's go Mets. I <laughs> I want I want to watch. Yeah. Uh, I want them to go to the playoffs this year. But if our whole thing is like, well, we're going to get in because our power play is 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 uh, our power play is going to get us in. That terrifies me, man. I, I don't want that to be the reason we get in because that's yeah. not going to matter in the playoffs. I just don't want to repeat a 2015. Yeah, absolutely. That too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so the the there the uh, when it comes to the power play, like the only two guys who have a higher percentage of their points on the power play over the last three years are Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel. And Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel have more even strength points than JT Miller has points. Wow. So like, yeah. it doesn't matter, yeah. you know, like it's like Odd at, at the point that they're at, it doesn't matter that, that, that like 39 they are leading the power play because they're, they're yeah. still scoring more than everyone else at even strength mm-hmm. too. So mm-hmm. like, who cares? Um, and then uh, when it comes to secondary assists, the only guys who are in the same ballpark as him have played way less games like Malkin uh, Backstrom, uh, is I think the only guy who's like played um, a fair amount of games who like picks up more secondary assists, which kind of makes sense based on the kind of player that he profiles as. Um, and then the other thing is if you look at just underlying numbers, like you'd think with how much JT Miller is scoring, like how much more he's scoring than everyone else on the team that his like differentials would be the best, but they're not. Like, uh, and the reason for that is that JT Miller is like pretty bad defensively. Um, and I say that with the understanding that like 
Uh, for me, offensive players who score a lot, who are bad defensively, I don't really care that much. Um, because like you're doing the thing that's yeah, the you're doing the harder thing. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it it doesn't necessarily like um you know like let's say i don't know for i'm just i'm making this up this is not true but like let's say tanner pearson and jt miller have like similar differentials um when tanner pearson's are even like a little bit better i don't care because like tanner pearson is not uh like top 25 scorer level (laughs) player but it is important context because like basically um, out of the guys that he is uh, like competing with for like uh, being among the best offensive players in the league right now, he is like by far the guy whose production is the most of a, like the biggest mirage and the most like inflated. And that's why he should be like everything about this guy is screaming trade him other than like maybe he helps you make the playoffs in a season where you're not, I mean, I don't know. They could make the second round pretty easily based on uh, standings in the Pacific or uh, Mm -hmm. in the Pacific and in the West. But like, um, you know, I I really am, am worried about what they're, what they're going to do with him. But at the same time, if the deals, like the prospective deals that are out there aren't good enough, maybe we'll just re-sign him is exactly what I would leak to the media to drive the price up. Yeah. Like, well, maybe we don't want to trade trade. And waiting until the draft where there's more teams that are willing to make an offer is a totally valid tactic. Absolutely. So, you know, I I I think that Jackson, I think that leak has already been done just by saying that Canucks upper, uh, the front office is very high on JT Miller. Like all that stuff coming off through set. Like, I think that's, that's that message already. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, I that's that's exactly what I mean. It's like I, it doesn't necessarily mean any mean that they actually want to keep him. It could just be gamesmanship, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm I hope that's what it is because I'm sorry, building a team around 30 year old uh, secondary assist wizard JT Miller, it would be fucking stupid. It would be mm-hmm. a mistake. Like, um, building JT- a team around assist wizard. Um. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> just gave Thornton, up on that one halfway Hendrick through. Sedin. Yeah, I just gave up. Well, I was actually thinking about like Thornton, but yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, but also like, so like Sedin's last contract was doing that much for the Canucks at the end of the day. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Um, it was also like way shorter and way less than what Miller's gonna get. But like, you know, I mean, if the thing with JT Miller is that you wanted him on the contract he's on right now. And, like, if the Canucks had been in a position uh, where they were where they should have been with uh, Patterson and Hughes on ELCs, that would have been a great trade because it would have been like, oh, you're picking up the guy on the cheap contract who scores a lot, who's going to help you, like, take the step from, uh, you know, basically like i don't know like 2017 carolina hurricanes to now carolina hurricanes mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but that's not what happened instead they uh got lucky and like made the playoffs in a like literally once in a century 
circumstance. And, you know, like they've rattled off nine, nine of 11, I believe. Uh, they have a guy who's scoring at like a 95 point pace. Uh, Pedersen's playing better. They have a, a, a better coach. Like they're punching way above their weight. They have Thatcher Demko, who is performing like a probably like top five goalie in the league. Maybe not in terms of percentages, but in terms of quality that he's stopping and you're still probably not going to make the playoffs statistically that sucks that's bad and like i i i I feel like a dick like pointing it out but like it's it's just not this is you're not in a position to lock yourself into paying a 30 year old guy until he's 37 or 38 here, here is my analogy. Yeah. You have a spouse and you have a, you have a living room, right? And you already have a nice couch. Yeah. And your living room's kind of big. And you went out and got a second really good couch, but you're kind of your pockets are feeling pretty pretty thin at that point. And then your spouse comes home without telling you with like two more nice couches. <laughs> You got four couches. Yeah. You don't have room for four big couches. Yeah. My my family is dying. This feels like a very specific analogy. <laughs> the, the, it's not. It's not. The analogy. It's just, you, it's just the feeling of like. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Jackson explained it again, but we we have too much. We we are we are in over our heads, even though these things look great, even though it's getting us excited. Oh, and this is they have nobody. They have, they have no, no money. No they money. can't get better. They cannot we can't, get we better can't afford these with everything they have right now. Like somebody I mean, help me. My family is dying. Yeah. The, exactly. the, the, I will, we'll transition into like the obvious fix here in a second. Um, but the, the analogy that, that I would like have kind of heard made uh, with JT Miller that like, I'm going to expand on a little bit is, is like, I've heard people say like, just because I can get you a great deal on for on a Ferrari doesn't mean you should buy one. Right. Right. Or, and, or yeah. a great deal on a couch. Yeah. And the thing with JT Miller is that, like, that that was getting, like, you got a Ferrari for $200,000. That's amazing. But now you can't make payments on your house and your wife left you. <laughs> so, like, was it, a wi- was it a wise purchase? I don't know. It was a great deal. But that doesn't mean it was a wise purchase, you know? Um, I love how your defenses of your anti-JT Miller take have slowly gotten more and more unhinged it went from like this is a bad deal to like well it was a good deal but at the wrong time and now it's well it's like getting a ferrari for one hundred fifty thousand dollars. you got a great deal but now your wife's left you but you don't care because you have a ferrari that you can use to pick up chicks so whoa it's still a bad deal that's a good point that is a good point i hadn't thought of that get a new one okay but like but like you i did say you lost your house you can't make payments on your house anymore so you're a homeless guy living in his Ferrari. You could pick up a uh, you could pick up a spouse who's a realtor, or has a house. And the other thing too is, as cars, as soon as you drive them off their off the lot, like the uh, the the fucking value is like shot. Oh, and the other thing in this analogy, well, in this case, it's actually is that, the value is that doubled. in uh, in yeah, I suppose that's true. <laughs> but in this analogy, gas prices are also two bucks a liter 
and yeah, this uh, analogy and and, and, you're gonna have to, and the repairs on the and the repairs on the car are going to cost you twice what you pay for. so um anyways uh we're, i don't think this is an analogy anymore this is just a story let's keep, let's keep going yeah anyways enough about ferraris um the 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 uh cock move here uh would be to trade brock bessel um which i think has a much better chance of happening really any time including at this year's death trading brock makes sense but the thing is you have to be careful because everyone's whining about that 8.5 million dollar qualifying 7. offer 5, but yeah okay that is not as bad as i thought yeah but the thing is every other team also knows about this qualifying offer yeah and that's going to depress your like it's going to depress what you get from yeah. if you trade him despite that offer for a good package then it's fine but of course i think you're better off white not knuckling that deal like white knuckle that one year rather than like selling low on him but it all yeah. depends what you get yeah so i think so too. It, signing it uh, yeah i mean like you're gonna have to sign it you're gonna sign it you're gonna regret it it's gonna be painful but it's still better than trading but him people act us. like people act like you have to sign him to like 10 like 10 years at 7.5 you can literally sign him for one or two years walk him, sign him for, to free agency. worst case scenario you sign him for one year at that offer yeah uh, you could like if if i were them i would sign him i would see if i could sign him to the qo for two years walk him straight to free agency and if he doesn't like if it doesn't work out or he doesn't like do what you want him to do or whatever uh two deadlines from now you can trade him at 50 percent and as a rental and there'll there should theoretically be like a huge market for him so i don't i don't get that one necessarily like you know people talk uh a lot about oh you you can't you can't sign that qo or whatever but like i think uh our producer justin made a great point recently where it's like this is the guy you can't sign like you can't sign Brock Besser for a million dollars more than he's worth, but you have a blue line where like everybody makes like $2 million more than they should make. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Like it, it, especially like I said, because you don't have to do it for long term. Like I, I just don't, you don't get better trading a player for 50 cents on the dollar. You get better trading a guy who's, uh, you know, on pace for 95 points and has a massive on-ice shooting percentage and a ton of secondary assists. Like, the the alpha move would be to trade JT Miller even if you're, like, within spitting distance of a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The Rangers did it. Uh, the, the Rangers literally traded JT Miller. <laughs> they were, That was, like, one of the, the big things that they did, even though they had, like, a core... Uh, group together that was like doing okay and they were close to a playoff spot. Um, I believe for Din Cashel today that it was AV. Like, I, I really should go check out uh, Harmondale's yes. uh, big deep dive on JT Miller. It was a great article. Um, but he mentions that it, it was like a rift with AV. I yeah, believe. absolutely. Yeah. Or AV was calling him out and it partially resulted in the trade. Yeah. He was, uh, he admitted like he was just not very mature. Yeah. Which, Basically, AV you know, chose uh, Tanner Glass over him. 
Yeah. <laughs> if, uh, you know, like, and, and that's the thing that I will give Jim Benning or whatever is that, like, uh, if he, you know, sort of, if he knew, like, it was uh, the, the, the problem with, uh, with, JT Miller was largely like just not getting along with coaches um, and, you know, somehow thought that like he had this in him, like, you know, good for him. But I don't know. I, I, even in spite of how good he's been, I just think that this is a, a no brainer. Um, there's a bigger no brainer though. And that's trading Tyler Mott. And I don't know if they're going to do that, but they should. What do you guys think? Well, they want to finagle away where they can get Connor Bedard. <laughs> and Maud is Bedard's favorite player. So they need to keep Wait, him. really? Did you not know this? No. He That's straight insane. Up, he straight up said that Tyler Mott, this is the number what, what where is he ranked? Let me let me go to jdburke.com. No, no, what, Con- what, what, Connor Bedard.com. Connor Bedard is gonna <laughs> go first called. overall. Not this year, but next. Oh, year. Oh, next year, right? Well, then he's putting the up better numbers than like fucking Connor McDavid as a sixteen-year-old in the dub. Yeah, he's better scoring. numbers than everyone other than uh... Crosby. I was gonna say Baines, but everyone <laughs> other than <laughs> yeah. Baines. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Who, uh, who the Canucks signed, which was cool. Yeah, yeah. that was very I'm cool. Looking forward to see where that goes. Yeah, um, first uh, player of South Asian descent to lead the WHL in scoring. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I mean, the the percentages on, like, uh, CHL free agents, like, overagers who, um, who score like this are not necessarily great. But I looked back at his, uh, his numbers, and they've actually been pretty solid for, like, the last three seasons. So, oh, nice. um, you know, uh, he'll have to develop quickly. They'll have to get him uh, to Abbotsford and uh, – hopefully fire Trent Cole and get a coach who's interested in developing players. Uh, and, you know, maybe they can get something out of him. but um, that would be interesting to see happen. Um, like is Cole a favorite within, within management? I can't imagine like, I, I can't imagine that the new uh, brass has any loyalty to call. Right. Right. I mean, same, same thing with uh, any new management coming in. They want their own guy, right? Um, yeah. You would, think so. I yeah. hope, I would hope that that extends to uh, today HL, especially since it's not a far away uh, farm team for them. Yeah, so, I, I would. I would worth certainly hope Cody so. again soon. But uh, returning to uh, the topic of Tyler Mott, like I, I believe I said uh, that they can get a second for him. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I think they could get a second for him, and I believe I said like when Jim Rutherford was hired, basically like. I, I feel like I'm going to need like know everything I need to know about them by whether or not they trade Tyler Mott. Because like mm. people, people saying, you know, you can't pay Brock Besser 7.5. You can't pay Mott 2.5 over four years for a guy. There are dozens of like, you other... can actually give him Tyler or Tucker Poolman money. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Like, I, I really don't think he can like, because there are a thousand other like Mark Donk players in the NHL that can do what he does. He's not special. No. Um, the you get players like that on million dollar deals. That's the point. And you you don't sign them to 
you don't sign fourth liners to third line money um, because you can get comparable players like on waivers and you definitely don't sign them to term and they need picks. Um, yeah. So, I mean, fuck, like, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to like overreact because we haven't seen the front office do anything yet. I, but... I was thinking about what you just said about you're going to have a judgment about how these guys operate after, after like, if they, if they trade Mott, like that'll yeah. tell you everything or if they don't trade Mott. Yeah, totally. I mean, are we just kind of living with, like, we're so used to, to Benning and seeing the same philosophy applied to each trade. Yeah. the same mistake getting made. Did we feel this way or did people feel this way about Gillis in the first couple of years? Like, could you forecast what type of GM Gillis was going to be based off those first few decisions? And, and my, my guess is no. No. And I yeah, think certainly not. now we have a dynamic front office. Sure. It's going to take their time to make some decisions just like it took them time to come together in the first place. Yeah. So this could like... I am prepared for some hurt in the next few months, but sure. like I said at the beginning of the show, like the assumption of doom is not there. I, I yeah. do think we could have a good year next year. Sure. In terms of the deals and the, uh, the reason decisions. why Mott is the, the number one for me is because his contract is expiring. Yeah. And so, he's okay. a fantastic player, but still should be where he is. No, he's not. Well, a, that's that's exactly what he's I good mean. he's like, great for where he's playing yes in, yeah in yeah is, is he's a mean. good fourth line player yeah and, absolutely there's no yeah. arguing that but like it's uh it's just one of those things where it's like if you um uh if you don't trade your like fourth line guy who could get a second round pick in a year where his contract is expiring he's gonna get paid way more money and you are still like I think at best a one in four shot of making the playoffs. Yep. With all the games in hand that everyone has on you, like, what are we doing here? Um, but having said that, um, I actually do think the Canucks will. I think the Canucks will trade Tyler Mott and Yara Holak at the deadline or in and around the deadline, and I think that's it. I think that's all they will do. Uh, I, you think they'll find a buyer for block? Yep. They might have to do some creative accounting or um, whatever, but I don't think he's happy here. And I think there are enough teams with bad goaltending. Um, and yeah, I also that's... think I also think Halak can still get two more starts in before the deadline. And I don't think he's bad. I just think he had two bad games at a really inopportune time. Also, the Canucks fine. don't yeah. play well in the first period in a lot of games. Yeah. They start cold. They start very cold, and they get run. And Halak is the one who, who suffers because of that. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. he's not Thatcher Demko. He's not inhuman. Yeah. And um, I also yeah. i am thinking also that I don't know if, if the Canucks want to set a reputation where they treat a vet like this. Like, Halak is a very respected goalie. Um, just just for yeah. his whole career, and I think the Canucks brass know that the team has had a reputation for the last little while. That explains why we don't sign free agents that well. Not a lot yeah. of players really want to come here. They've seen how people get treated, especially in the last few years. Yeah, uh, last two three years around Tanev, Stature, and Markstrom. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I think establishing a culture. Uh, when Rutherford said that, I think he's serious about that, and. I would hope 
uh, I mean, I'm sure Halak's like so far down the list of their priorities that, sure. you know, they're, they're willing to risk something, uh, like risk that getting worse. But I, I, I think they would think twice about just, uh, just letting them suffer here. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, and I wasn't sure where you were going with that, but I agree with you completely. Like, I don't think he's very happy. He's got a no trade. Uh, so he does control his destiny to a certain degree, but there are some really good teams with really bad goaltending and he could potentially shore it up. And I mean, like, I know they're retaining a lot of salary or already, but like they could retain his some salary on him, uh, trade him to, uh, you know, a better team. They're only picking him up for a year plus. Uh, and I, like I said, like, I think honestly, like give him two more starts against like bad teams, pump the numbers up. A little and bit. if you want to make the playoffs, unless you're planning on going out in four, you need to get Demko to play fewer games. Absolutely. Because Demko's played a ridiculous number of games so far. Like he's played, I'm completely pulling numbers out of thin air here, but he's basically playing Luongo seven type numbers. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So you need, you can't play a goalie like that and expect good things to happen. And they liked, uh, they liked Spencer, Spencer Martin. And Spencer Martin also, was good. Yeah. Demko, he's had a few pretty big surgeries, hasn't he? Yeah. He's not just a young spry goalie. No, he had the hip, uh, the double 10, hip 12 years. thing or whatever. Yeah, I, I think I'm worried. I'm honestly worried about his hip at that point. Yeah, no, they have to be careful to not like uh, Cam Talbot him. Right. Because, um, yeah, like if they, I don't know. I th- This is not a season where I would want to be riding my goaltender into the ground because you're like what 10th 11th in the west mm-hmm. like and you're yeah you're gonna play you're gonna play your goalie like 62 games i wouldn't <laughs> you know but i i ultimately uh, when we talk about what the canucks are gonna do we have no idea we don't know anything about this front office other than what they've done elsewhere we haven't seen them make a deal yet. Um, not so much as a, like with the, the Baines signing. That's like the first thing they've done, right? Yep. And they've been in, they've been at their jobs for what? Two and a half months, maybe even three now. Yeah. Three months now. I feel like they only had their actual meeting. Like they're all in one room a month ago. Yeah. Fair enough. Probably less. So, but I mean, yeah. In the age of zoom, that may sort of just be like that anyways. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, they haven't had a ton of time, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I, I have more hope than obviously I would have had, um, under Jim Benning, but I also think that the Jim Benning era, like things got weirdly personal by the end to the point where it sort of became like this Jim Benning deal or, thing signing trade whatever is bad because jim benning did it and i'm seeing like a lot of the same thinking at least talked about in the media and it's always difficult to know where it comes from um but like you know the decisions weren't bad because jim benning made them jim benning was bad because he made those decisions yeah and and like if the ownership mentality hasn't changed that much and you just hired 
a better looking, smarter seeming front office to basically do the same thing. Then like, you know, I'm not going to be convinced until I at least see them do something. Right. Um, especially with what, what's being talked about in the media right now. But uh, I look forward to hopefully being, uh, having my concerns assuaged by uh, a couple of deals at the deadline and then more in the off season to kind of do some major surgery here. Yeah. And, and we'll come together for an episode right after the deadline as well. Absolutely. Yeah. There'll be tons to talk about. I'm sure. Let's know the answers to these questions. Like I said, all the teams are now going to the bathroom. We're going to see lots more deals. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, they broke the seal. Predictions from you guys. I laid mine on the line. What I think they're going to do. What do you guys think they're going to do? What the Canucks are going to do? Yeah. Uh, I think there's too many, there's too many uh, cool heads in that room to want to do anything when they've only had a couple months to watch this team. I think when the team has a hot hand, I don't think that they're going to, they're not going to improve the team in any way beyond a few just marginal things. I, I could see, I don't know, maybe, is there any college thing that they could do? Like, is there any player from college that they think they could? Uh, I mean, college free agents are a thing now, I believe, right. or yeah. are going to be. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they are definitely going to uh, make yeah, sure like, they're college gonna... free agent signings. Like, they're, there's going to be more Archdeep Baines type signings for sure. Cool. Um, I don't think they're going to do anything. Like that is honestly the smart money is just to say they do absolutely like if they do something, it's going to be some guy that you forgot existed Mm -hmm. for a pick in a round that you barely that you're surprised still exists. Yeah, 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 there's not going to be seconds for Roy, it's going to be going to trade for Philip, Philip, uh, D. Giuseppe for a ninth round pick somehow. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) conditional on the NHL returning the ninth round to the draft. (laughs) Yes, yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, I wonder I how that's... far. I would like to read the rule. Uh, yeah, we're about to end. I, I just want to say I want no, to read the right, rule yeah. that tells you how far the conditions can go. I would love to know, honestly. There are. What, what will make pretty... the NHL be like, no, this is not allowed. You cannot <laughs> yeah, have a condition way. this silly. One thing yeah. that was uh, like underrated about that uh, Yannick Hansen for Nikolai Goldobin trade is they got a like conditional pick in that as well. Uh, that I think like, I think it was like, if the sharks won the Stanley cup, they'd get like yep. a really good, like a first. Yeah. Even, right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, credit to credit to Jim Betting for pulling that one off. Cause like, obviously it's like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen, but if you can do it, like conditions can really like shape, uh, shape a deal when like, when, even if you like, don't think twice about them when they happen. Much in the same way that, like, I still remain convinced that if it weren't for COVID, the Canucks would have given up a lottery pick for JT Miller, and we would be feeling very differently about it. But I've talked enough about JT Miller, <laughs> both in this episode and in my life in general. So now, now that I know that Dan Murphy reads my DMs, I'm just going to, I got him to do a favor for you. I'm going to try okay. to get him. So just post the tweet again. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is I never deleted that tweet. It's yeah, still up. I, respect you. I would not, ne- I, I don't think, I think the only, the only tweets I delete are, uh, I, when I send one out with a typo and I notice in the first five minutes and then I'll delete it and send it again without the typo. Um, I've never deleted that tweet to the best of my knowledge. Not a single person has like retweeted it. 
uh, it is always, always, always somebody's grainy photo of their TV. And uh, that's the cell phone, in my opinion. Like, uh, you you don't know how to use a computer. Uh, and that's why you, you don't understand the, the truth about JT Miller. <laughs> um, which is going to probably become a meme now. But anyways, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at McDonald. You can follow me on Twitter at Vyasarin. And you can ask to follow me on Twitter at Moose Kayak. But nice. if you listen to the show, I'll, you know, I'll let you in. Yeah, Just, you've got yeah, the lock. Elliot's, Elliot's going to law school. So yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, exactly. We need more lawyers on this show. Don't forget to follow the show at Roxy Fever. Please do that. We're, we're like almost at a thousand. I really want to get to a thousand. Um, rate yeah, and review and, the and, show on and, and, your podcast app of choice as well. Helps in the algorithm, et cetera, et cetera. We have um, an algorithm now. That's right. Yeah. What yeah. were you going to say, Vias? Uh, I was just going to say, I, I, uh, not that James call in what like was like, don't send ones like that. Like, no, those are the normal ones. Uh, and we should definitely, we should be putting them up more, but please feel free to send those like one shot. Uh, this guy was great and no context. Those, those calls, those are, those are fantastic. Doesn't even and have I, to be a Canucks player as, uh, if I was going to call in, to the Roxy Fever voicemail, I would leave a message about Pavel Bure's 1999-2000 season. For yeah, the- honestly, I think it's probably smarter for us to, unless we're we got a guest on, just uh, yeah, lean let's on just the voicemails more. Let's lead yeah. on those because yeah. yeah. if yeah. we have voicemails, we should just play them like immediately after introducing the show. Last yeah. order of yeah. business: subscribe to the Patreon at Patreon.com/RoxyFever. I feel confident to announce now. Our we will be returning, and a movie episode. The episode we are returning with will be something a very special movie episode, uh, that I think uh, you guys are really gonna like. So, uh, thanks for so excited to see this movie for the first time in 17 years. Yeah, uh, thank god you said 17 years. (laughs) Why would you think I was gonna say? I I thought you said you're gonna say you haven't seen it. Oh yeah, that would have been. I might be wrong about how many years ago I saw it, but I have. I've already I've asked. Uh, I'm gonna send uh, my partner's dad a text about this because he worked he on worked the movie. The, he worked on the movie, so I can't wait. It's gonna be yeah. great. Uh, yeah, so do that and uh, send your hate mail to at J Dylan Burke on Twitter. <laughs> what? It's been bring a while since we've done what? that one. We're bringing yeah, it back. just bring that back. Yeah, classic Roxy. That's right. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Good night. Sure. quick thing before we go if you want to be like the lovely people who gave us a call today you can do so the number is 778-819-1451 that number again 778-819-1451 we would love to hear from you on our pre-recorded call-in show hello hi ken great show thank you uh, what can i do for you uh my dog has a disobedience <laughs> problem okay and, uh... okay <laughs>
There you go. <laughs> okay, that's, uh, that's boo-boo number one. Hopefully, that'll be our last. Okay, uh, look, if you wanted to talk about pet care, you should have called two weeks ago when our show on racism was airing. Okay, I'm doing a show about the elderly right now, which, of course, to you people watching means calling about cooking. Okay, we'll see if we... Hello. Yeah, hi. Uh, what's going on? I mean, you're doing a show about pet care, but everybody's talking about racism. No, I don't... no, okay, no, no, no. No, I'm not doing a show about pet care. I'm doing a show about the elderly. The people calling about racism are watching the show that aired when we were taping the pet show, which is airing now, okay? If they wanted to talk about racism, they should have called three weeks ago when our Crime in the Street show aired. Okay? It's just, let's think before we... <laughs> All right.